0: Before we get started with this episode, I want to give a shout-out to the upcoming Texas Woodworking Festival. It's going to be held on April 18th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Austin, Texas. This is the third year of the festival, and it just keeps getting bigger and better all the time. They're going to have a number of exhibitors and vendors. Basically, it's a mix of a beer festival with a, a woodworking farmer's market. Um, some of the vendors are having our Heartwood Tools, uh Felder, Lee Nielsen, Panto Router, Texas Heritage, and of course, Dow Tools, which is the premier antique uh, and vintage uh, supplier of tools in the Southwest. So, um, if you're anywhere near Austin, Texas, anywhere near Texas for that matter... Please, please make it a point to attend. Again, it's going to be on April 18th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tickets are now on sale, and you can find those at TexasWoodworkingFestival.com. Again, that's TexasWoodworkingFestival.com.
1: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking.
0: Hi, and welcome to the 278th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co host, Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. Tonight, we're visiting with prolific woodworker and friend of the show, Kevin Almeida. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to see you guys. Good. And I did pronounce your last name correctly, right? You got it. Okay, okay. I was I was telling Kevin earlier that uh, there's a
2: major thoroughfare that I used to drive every day called Almeida, and it's mm-hmm. very close to well, <laughs> spelling I've, I've, I've had 48 years of people mispronouncing my name, so it's, it's all yes. good. <laughs> it's
1: the difference between a Y and an I, as far as I can tell. It's Almeda, Almeida, Almeida, you know. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I, I live in Ohio, though. None of that makes sense to me. Exactly. So <laughs> anyway, well, like I said, welcome to the show. And um, uh, when we get started here, um, let's go through things that piqued our interest. Um, so first off, a um, little sad note, just want to take a moment to um, you know talk about the uh, passing of Charles Neal. Um, great woodworker, great teacher. it has been around the community since boy, I guess the inception of the internet woodworking community and I know I've, I learned a lot from him and uh, so sorry to, to uh, hear about his passing and all of our uh, heartfelt thanks and condolences and prayers out to his uh, family and friends. So, oh, 100%. Yeah, never never got a chance to meet him, but uh, no, I never uh, did either. But you know, I uh, I actually corresponded with him, you know, through email a couple of times. Um, you know, I built a couple of projects of his, and he was always great, great guy. And I used his blotch uh, control on a number of projects. His blotch uh, control recipe, he has.
1: Yeah, that's probably what I knew him m- most for. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in in recent years, he started doing a bunch of videos um but before that it was you know i think it was is mainly about you know he had he had a good finishing technique i want to say um oh i want to say you know some of the inspiration of of mark's uh wiping varnish
0: stuff might have come from charles neal yeah yeah he definitely knew everything there was to know about finishing i think um uh, i think his background um i think he started off like in the um uh doing like uh, auto paint and you know body work mm. and stuff of that nature and kind of you know uh turned that in when he um i don't know how he got struck went from that to woodworking but when he did go to woodworking he took brought a lot of those skills that he had into his his woodworking but yeah anything about you know finishing boy he certainly had a knack one of the things that I still use today is when you just put on a um, very light coat of, uh, of dye on wood and use that as a sanding reference and just sand till that goes away. And you know, you're,
2: you're, you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. I think everyone knew him as the finishing guy, but yeah. if you go to his website and there's a gallery there and he, I think he's underappreciated for the the quality of work he produced. Oh, yeah. Got some beautiful pieces over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He had some great projects. And I think, um, I know I built his uh, Shenandoah quilt rack for my mom, and um, she loves that. And I know there was a, um, I think it was a Chester drawers that both uh, Mark and him built. Um, so, Mark was approaching it one way, and Charles was approaching it the other way, and they kind of crossed shared uh those lessons that was real early in the guild i believe Mm. but yeah that was great yeah and you you got to know i mean he had all kinds of tricks that i think well tricks hints whatever you want to call them uh techniques but i think one of his one of his uh uh techniques that always sticks with me is doing a false front for a dovetail drawer so he goes i never do half-blind uh, dovetails I just do a full dovetail box and then put on like a you know three-eighths inch front hmm. to the front you know for the drawer part <laughs> you know interesting and, and that it up quite a bit <laughs> yes. yeah it would <laughs> exactly wow so, yeah little tips and techniques like that is just like yep yeah, yep yeah, that's great <laughs> mm-hmm. no you will be missed for sure yes that's right but for sure yeah, and I hope someone, you know, I hope they continue to catalog all that content and and keep it available because some priceless stuff in there.
1: No, for sure. Yeah, I'm but, not sure. So you, uh, to on a lighter note, are you getting a new lathe? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have you found out about the Nova 16 inch? That's a drill up. press. Oh, sorry, it's a drill press, not a lathe. Ah, see, see, I saw see. DVR, and I think... I yeah, you saw,
0: saw Nova and DVR, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you automatically thought lathe. All right, are you getting a new drill press? No, no, I'm not. But, <laughs> but if, if I have a, one of these... I have a Steel City drill press. It was a copy of a Delta drill press. It's like bulletproof. So if that thing ever dies, I might pick up one of these Nova ones, but... Right. But the thing seems bulletproof. I think it's one of the best things the Steel City brand ever built. But um, anyway, um, yeah, Nova, um, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago, they came out with a uh, drill press using their DVR technology, which uh, there's no belts or anything like that. It's a uh, computer-controlled direct drive to the motor. And with that, they were able to do a lot of things like keep uh, – look quite, kind of like their lays so anytime there's a load on on the uh, drill press it automatically uh, sped up the uh, or increase the torque on the uh, motor so it would continue to turn at the revolutions that you set it to also had some innovative features like um, you can zero out your bit on the top of the wood set in your distance that you want to drill to let's say you got a two inch piece of wood and you want it drill one inch down and you set that up and the instead of sitting a depth stop, which you can, but Mm. you could just plunge with the drill. And as soon as you hit that one inch mark, it would stop and the motor would stop. Wow. Yeah. So you can do all kinds of interesting things with it. Um, So it's kind of has some, you know, uh, you know, it's a smart, intelligent drill press, but this was a floor standing unit. So they've now come up with a uh, benchtop drill press. Which yeah. looks pretty interesting. So,
2: did you catch the price point on the benchtop bench top model? I'm
1: looking. So it's got a fifty dollar off introductory till March 31st of
0: this year, the, but I don't believe it lists a price. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was selling this. I should have I should have looked up there. I thought it was on their um things here, huh? Okay. Yeah, uh, it
1: says a bunch of information. One horsepower, 150 to 3000 RPM, built-in LED, laser location. Uh, it has a SKU, but I don't see... Oh, hold on, let me go a little lower.
0: Lower details. I don't see a order now. I think it's a $950. Okay,
1: it's I, I'm i technical site uh, that maybe
0: yeah 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 and that's what I had I just I just popped out and and mm-hmm. uh, hit Google real fast
1: <laughs> oh yeah no no you're fine <laughs> yeah um, yeah
0: but it looks like 950 bucks
1: for it yeah so. I mean that's that's stout I mean what so you're yeah. still city obviously a floor standing unit
0: what's <laughs> what's the horsepower on that what's the oh it's a it's a 110, so it's like probably a no, horse, horse and a half somewhere around there. Okay, so this yeah. being a horse
1: at at a smaller profile, yeah. probably does a large majority of, of
0: the work that you need you need to do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think their their floor standing uh, is is I think it's around 15, uh, 1800 bucks, if memory serves me right. So you know you do get a price break on getting the smaller one and you know for as much as i use my drill press which i use a lot i don't really think I, i've ever used the capacity maybe once that i was like oh i'm glad i got the floor standing unit
1: yeah is that, that's really the the, the main thing yeah. the floor standing units do is like yeah you can move that work surface down to your knees yeah. but how often are you actually drilling something that big or that deep
0: yeah that you need the, that the only thing that might be a limitation over mine, and mine's kinda rare, is mine has six and a half inches of quill travel, which is a lot. And this oh. only has four and a, this one only has four and a half inches. Okay. So um, that that would be the major difference that I would look at is is, you know, the quill travel. And that's the that that is your limiting factor. I mean, yeah,
1: no matter what this thing can do, no matter how low it can go from the top of your surface, it can never go more than four and a half inches down. Correct. I I mean, that probably takes care of a grand majority of drill press work.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, there are workarounds to that. You can drill, you know, down and then raise the table up a little bit and drill down some more. So Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. get around that, but it is sometimes awkward, but you know, four and a half inches is still, you know, it's decent. You know, I don't know if, you know, I just say that because mine has six and a half inches of of quill travel. That was one of the selling aspects, but have I ever really used that capacity? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. But I know one thing thing. I don't have to set my table very much,
3: you know, know, Mm -hmm. race
0: it up and down. So, and when I'm switching out drill bits from a longer drill bit to a shorter drill bit, which I did just today. And, uh, you know, I didn't have to, you know, raise a table up or anything of that nature, which is great because I was drilling, um, compounded holes where, you know, um, I drill a, um, a, a clearance hole and then a wider hole. So, oh, right. yeah, so you don't want to mess with the setup. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. No, so there you go. So, yeah, it's actually that. a technical uh, name for that. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know it offhand, but uh, so nine fifty and, uh, $50 off. Up, up until march so if you're in the market
0: yeah if you're looking for a bench top drill press and you want you know the state-of-the-art technology that, you know yeah. one of the things i like about the whole dvr thing and being able to you know just sit there and not switch belts and just program in the speed that you need and i think if memory serves me right if you put what type of wood i think you got a choice on the on the dvr function of you know, whether you're drilling into hardwood or softwood, and then what size and type of bit you're, you're, you have, and it automatically sets the speed.
2: Wow. I yeah.
1: mean, it, it's, it's, not it's, smart. Quite, it's not quite CNC, but it, yeah. it's pretty darn smart.
2: Yeah. Um, then, we have to be, uh, then we have to be honest with ourselves and ask, how often do we change the speed on our drill presses?
0: Oh, right. If I, if, if I didn't have to change the belt, I might.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's yeah. So my dad's yeah. got a jet, and that's that's I don't have one personally, but yeah. um yeah, and he's got the whole belt system and the detentioner. He's got a he's got a whammy bar to, to help him move that detentioner, you know, lever, yeah. you know, and and uh yeah, it's a kind of a pain. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. And the chart yeah. is like a magnet on the side of it to know what what you know configuration you know gives you what you need, you know. You know. but I mean, legitimately, I got I guess, and th- is this more Is it more dedicated to wood or soft metals? You know, you know, you get into that stuff where the drill press is one of those things. It's hard to specialize because, you know, it it or maybe it's easy to specialize because there's very different differences between if you're drilling wood or if you're drilling metal,
0: you know, and and it's one of those that's used in both industries. Largely. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the drill press is basically a metalworking equipment. But it is. yeah, I would I would I would assume this can be used in both. Um I wouldn't I would say this is both a metalworking. Yeah, looking at the table, that's a metalworking table, so. Oh, there you um, go. Um yeah, so but, there you know. Anyway, but I thought it was pretty interesting that, you know, they took their their big uh, floor standing unit and have a bench top unit out there. And uh, I know a couple of folks that have the uh, the floor standing unit, and uh, they really love it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty
1: pretty sweet. So, uh, so Lee Valley has a you know a compact router table essentially. Yes, um, yes. Very now nice. it's it's too funny. Before we get into this, that just today I saw a thing that Fine Windworking had posted about something very similar to this. Mm. Uh. That was just a you know a pin on a on a plate on the bottom of your router and and then this other little oh know, that's, swivel plate that goes on top of that that kind of sets a fence on any router.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, Ramon Valdez uh, came up with that. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. that's a, that, that's a real neat technique. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think it, it'll do a lot of his technique will do a lot of what this is, but I just thought it was kind of cute. I mean. Obviously, uh, Veritas is is having some stuff CNC'd for them and Mm -hmm. come out with a bunch of different things. But you know, this is just a little compact table for uh, the trim routers, and it's kind of nice and uh, it's not bad price wise. It's like uh, it's what 130 bucks. Yeah, 130. You know. Yeah. But what I that that is the trim router I have. The yeah. The uh, pony. Uh, yeah. Now the thing it doesn't have, that doesn't, it doesn't come with, and that is a, um, uh, a a base plate, and you have to buy that separately. It, it's a whopping twelve dollars and fifty cents. But they have, but they have them for different models. So they got it for the, of course, the Bosch Colt, and uh, DeWalt's little yeah. trim router, and uh, then the Rigid, which I have the Rigid one. Um, but, um, yeah, it looked like, it look like a neat little table. Um, you know, now one of the other things is, is you can buy all the parts of this table separately. So you can buy the, so if you want to do your own base, you can uh, just buy the tabletop, or if you want to do everything, you just want their fence, you can just buy the
2: fence. Hmm. So, a uh, lot of, a lot of options there. Um, I really you know, like and, it. I, I love it when Lee Valley does that because they also do it with their, um, their shooting board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they give you the option you could buy the parts and if you want to make your own you know the jig yourself out of plywood or just buy it from them you know it's your choice but i i appreciate that on their part yeah
0: yeah exactly and um yeah i think it's uh i think it's pretty neat um i don't know if i'll buy one or not but um maybe one of these days i mean it's it's compact um I just don't use my trim router that much but Mm-mm. yeah yeah it's nice. But what is interesting is I have this big, you know, I bought years ago this Woodpeckers, you know, $1000 router table mm-hmm. and probably 90% of the things I can do I could do with this little one. Oh wow. <laughs>
3: okay. Trim. router.
0: You know, because I, I, I used to do a lot of pattern routing and, and and stuff like that, but I don't do a lot of that anymore. So, um, you know, I use it mainly. I use my router table now mainly, you know, to put roundovers and chamfers on stuff, and I could easily do that with something like this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I mean that's that's the a, the application of a trim yep. router isn't typically in a table upside down like that, but it opens mm. up it
0: opens up the possibility of doing all that stuff. Yeah so yeah not bad anyway and um, then I just wanted to uh, mention a um, article out there it actually came out as the day we were recording this and it's one of uh, Chris Schwartz's core 77 articles on core 77s website but it's all about the um, crucible scraper it's the uh, scraper he came up with based on um, uh, the chairmaker Chris Williams his his uh, His scraper, his design of the scraper, which was uh, kind of handed down to him, too. So it kind of goes into um, all the aspects about, uh, you know, coming up, you know, recognizing the idea and then uh, bringing it to the market. So it's kind of an interesting article. If, um, you know, if if you want to, you know, kind of peek behind the curtain of, uh, you know, how a product came from an idea to market. So it's kind of an interesting article. Did mm-hmm. you ever, did you ever pick one of those up? Of course, of course. <laughs> and I was in Chris Williams class, so I was one of the, I think it was me, um, and then Chris Swartz and then another person, I forgot who it was and maybe one other that actually traced out, um, what, uh, Chris Williams, uh, was using the design of his, his scraper. And, uh, and I, Came home and you know, got one of my scrapers and ground it to that shape and started using it. But when when uh when a uh, Crucible came out with one, I went nah, eh, twenty bucks. It's only twenty bucks. <laughs> and he <laughs> goes around soon. that article. Hey, it's only twenty bucks. So I got I, I got one and uh, it it's kind of interesting. Is it's a, it was a little bit thicker than mine. And then I bought a real thick scraper from. Uh, uh that was selling um uh that was selling on uh Mark uh, Spagnolo's website paid by, by uh uh um, like MT yeah MFD D- DM- DMF I'm sorry yep, yep. yeah they're going to kill me DMF uh anyway DFM
1: DFM no uh, no I'm second guessing myself pick three letters yes pick
0: three letters no 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 he's a friend of the show we got to give him give them credit here let's see i
2: i have two of them and they're also fantastic scrapers
0: i think it's dfm yeah, yeah dfm tool works yeah yeah,
1: yeah. I, I i was really tempted to get uh some of those scrapers actually i've got the lee nielsen
0: pair mm-hmm. yeah um, but yeah yeah i took the third that thick thicker scraper i i uh, got and also ground it to that to, to that basic shape the Chris Williams shape. And it's, it's kind of interesting. And, you know, um, and like everything that, uh, uh, Chris Schwartz does, he, he didn't, you know, hang on to this stuff. If you want to make your own, he's got a PDF. You can print it out and copy it on a scraper and grind your own if you want to.
3: Hmm.
0: But for 20 bucks, Hey, you get the scraper, you get a cute little magnet for it and, you know, (laughs) and it's 20 bucks. Yeah, it's not bad actually yeah of all things, anyway, that's not bad, and he says it's their most successful tool <laughs> and sold thousands of them, so yeah that's great mm. but anyway well let's uh let's move on to what's in the shop so uh Sean, what's in the shop? Nothing, man, it was it you know the holidays
1: and yep. and, and all that I crap know. i I didn't get a chance to do anything, and Me I had time lot. off work. How about that? hey well, did you shoot off any rockets? I have not. Uh, oh, although I think I might have a chance this Sunday. I gotta okay. see. I'm still trying. I'm, you know what's really hard to find is is actually the motors for these things. But uh, I I have one on order, and then I've heard that it may be three months before I get it. Ooh. Uh, not the motor, but actually the casing, which is just yeah. a, an aluminum casing. But they're uh, they're either at high demand or low low production, or a mixture of both. Yeah. So, hmm. I do have some to to borrow, though. Uh, okay. My my son's mentor has already reached out and said, "Oh, I've got this, this, and this." So, so I I I want to see this thing go up in the air before I spend any more time with it. There you go. Well, uh-huh. you definitely need to post it. Post the ah. video. <laughs>
3: see,
1: see what I can do. There this, you go. It, it uh, it's big, and uh, it, the intention of this first one is not to make it go too crazy because uh. Mm-hmm because I can't actually I'm I'm doing it without getting all the necessary clearances. It's it's meant to be lower and slower so that I can do it in the field of a school, not a, not a sanctioned FAA event. Right. Right. But yeah. Yeah.
0: How about you more interesting things over the break than, than I, well, um, yeah, I guess let's see. I Mm. did finish all my Christmas presents. Before Christmas, so that was that's always good. Well done. So I got the trays done. Um, Right now, I introduced my new boring jig last over the last week or so. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I've talked about that enough on this this particular Mm -hmm. show. But if you're interested, visit my uh, Etsy page, and uh, you can find a link to it in my profile on Instagram or just search for K Barton Tools. But um, anyway, so I'm doing my boring jig and it's got good reception so far. So I'm making, uh, I need to make two batches. I'm making my first batch of them right now. And with that, um, uh, before I get into the next topic, um, uh, Sean, Kevin, did y'all get any woodworking related Christmas presents? I did not. Okay. Um,
1: Which is okay. (laughs) Did you, Kyle, uh, before we get
0: to. Well, Kevin, did you get any? Uh,
2: I didn't, but that's because my family kind of knows woodworking gifts are kind of off limits because mm-hmm. I'm just kind of picky about okay. my so, my tools and
0: so. So and here's what. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. So here's here's what I did is is, uh, both my, uh, mom and my wife were like, well, what do you want? And I go, well, what I really need is, uh, some blades for my table saw, but y'all don't know, um, what to buy me. So here's how much they cost. Y'all divide it up. Give me a gift card or money or whatever. <laughs> so <that's> what they- <laughs> Yeah, so we're all we're all pretty similar in that way, and I'm yeah. assuming that most
1: most in the craft or in, in the maker community might be be in the same boat. Where, mm-hmm. you know, I could I could explain it to you, but that's really might might take a while. What I really need is just just a means to get it. I right. uh, if I if I truly need something, I might have already gotten it for myself, or the money will help me get it. You
0: know, but exactly. I, I you know you know what you want obviously. <laughs> Exactly. So so I wanted the uh, I wanted, you know, since I'm doing these boring jigs, there's there's two main things they have is they have the center tower, which is a two by two piece of wood and uh, maple or I was for my prototypes. I was using red oak. Got an interesting story on that, too. And then plywood for the runners. So. I know I wanted to get a, uh, rip blade, one of those nice glue line rip blades so I can rip that thick stock, which is better than using my combination blade. And that's all I've ever used in my table saw is a combination blade. Now I have a couple different ones, but they're all combo blades. Um, so I wanted to get one of those, you know, plywood and melamine blades and, uh, one of those glue line rip blades. So I, uh, first ordered them from a company cause they were a little cheaper than the ones, um, um, I got, I ordered them from another company and I don't want to mention any names, but I ordered their 24 tooth, um, rip blade and I ripped on it and I went, well, this is leaving some salt marks. So much and you weren't working
1: cherry, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. No,
0: no, I was, I was, you know, I, I ripped, uh, all kinds of different woods, but you know, I ripped some, some maple, some cypress, some oak, you know, just, looking at it and i'm going you know i'm getting a cleaner cut with my combo blade And i'm going mm. well maybe this company doesn't you know it's not up to snuff or whatever so sent those back to them and then ordered um some uh, freud uh blades and i sent both i bought from that company up I, I bought both the rip and the cross cut blade i don't know about the cross cut blade because i didn't use it because I was kind of, you know, when I had that experience with the Rip Plate, I was just like, just send it all back. And mm-hmm. I'll I'll get Freud, which is uh, the main combo blade I've, I've used. And I have, I've always had great results with it. But on that thick stock, it will burn if you don't get the feed rate exactly right. It'll burn on you if you try to right. go too slow or too fast. you got to really zero it in. And so I ordered, um, so ordered the Freud 24-tooth Rip Blade. And I got the exact same results as I did with the other companies. Mm. And I'm going, "Uh, what's this glue line rip all about? So I sent that back. Now, Freud does have a 30 tooth rip blade. So I ordered that and I got that in a couple of days ago and I've tried that out. And it still gives me some. It's not as smooth as my combo blade, but it's a lot smoother than the 24-tooth. So my combo blade's 40 teeth. so I think it all has to do with the number of teeth. And I guess the more teeth, the more heat's going to be generated, and the more likely it's going to burn.
1: I was going to say, because burning is not a concern for glue lines, necessarily. It's
0: it's, aesthetically,
1: it's annoying, but the quality of the cut, if if it's smooth and consistent and Mm -hmm. square to your
0: whatever the way you're cutting it that's that's the what yeah right and you know at first i thought well maybe my table saw is not set up right or something like that maybe there's something in there i yeah you know i I redid everything recalibrated everything nothing was out um and you know the marks i'm getting on the wood from the saw blade are you know from the front of the blade not from the back of the blade so i know Hmm. it's not you know i know those marks aren't coming from it you know passing the back of the blade and getting some right. eggs on it it's huh. it's definitely from the front of the blade so i don't know if that's just the nature of the beast so if any listeners have any ideas on that feel free to get in touch with me or us or whatever and let us know your experiences um but yeah when i thought glue line rip blade i thought this thing was going to be you know nice and smooth <laughs> you know
2: have you ever you know, tried a, the um the uh just some table saw the stock guides no i haven't but i when i did rip those i do
0: have the you know i had a feather board and you know it's tied up against the fence using a push
2: block so i got the i, I got the stock yeah. guides a couple of months ago and I, I wasn't sure about it I was on the fence for a while before mm-hmm. i pulled the trigger but man i love it Really? Hmm. Yeah, no burning. Yeah, I've
0: seen those. I've been interested. I'm kind of like you. I've been interested in, in them for quite a while, but um, I just haven't pulled the finger because uh, pulled the trigger on them because mm-hmm. one of yeah pulled the finger on them. That's yeah, don't pull the one. finger on it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, because it, now do you have a Biesmeyer fence? Uh,
2: yeah, I got the one the uh, this on the saw stop. Yeah, it's a great yeah, fence. What I have
1: saw huh? yeah. atop. So do these yeah. just the these so Jessams, how, They just ride on that little
2: slot track. Is right. that I'm, am I seeing yeah, the right one? Yeah. Ones?
0: How, do, how does it? How are you attaching those? How cables? does it engage? Yeah, the yeah. fence.
2: Yeah, it, it, it mounts right to the fence. Okay. okay? And then uh, you set the height of the stock. hmm And uh, move the wheels out to the correct distance between the fence and the blade. And and run your and then one goes right before the blade and one right after. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, it just grabs that wood and steers it right into the fence. Hmm.
1: And what uh, were the, I, the? I've used the. I don't even know who makes them. The, it was kind of like a maglock type thing, yellow, and it had it had just a physical uh, plastic featherboard to hold down, and then it had a wheel that was canted off. That was like almost like sandpaper around it that as it rolled through, it would pull the, the material towards the fence. But it was magneted on the side. So there's like a metal plate that you would apply to the fence um, hmm. that was screwed in. Um, uh, I'm
0: sure it's like 10 years old technology or longer. And so it's I think I remember. Yeah, I think these Jesm things kind of replace those. Yeah, and this lo- it looks just it
1: a looks much better similar. design. Yeah, yeah. It looks
0: I, it looks sleek as hell, that's for sure. Yeah. But yeah,
2: so um, yeah, the, the big yeah. drawback is the price.
0: Yeah,
1: that's big yeah.
2: price.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was the two drawbacks I, I I saw. I don't, you know, I haven't looked at them in probably a few years, but my my first thing was how am I going to mount them? Cause I remember that was a concern when they first came out was mounting those to the, the bees type fences. So I guess maybe they've come up with a better solution than they had before. Um, and you know, i I've always thought about getting one of those, um, what's that one? Mark has the very super cool tools fence. It's that aluminum extrusion, right? Yeah. And I think, um, I think there is an easy way to mount those things to those, and I've always thought about getting one of those
2: those fences too. But
0: yeah, but so you so that's made a real difference
2: for you, huh? It's yeah, nice. I I love it, especially for doing you know repetitive work like even uh, mm-hmm. ripping stuff for. I was ripping stuff for a cherry cutting board, and you know how cherry burns, mm-hmm. and I needed all the parts to be the same exact width and. You just run it through, and it keeps it so tight to the fence that there's no burning on the other side, no marks from the blade. Uh, Yeah, really, really happy with it.
3: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Something Mm -hmm. about consistency when you're holding it and all that jazz, like, it really does make a difference.
2: Yeah, just take one thing out of the equation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's what I thought I was doing when I was going back and forth between the combo blade and the rip blade doing my test cuts. But I don't know, maybe, maybe the uh, rip blade is just a little bit more finicky to that than the combo blade is because it has less teeth. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I had uh I'm I'm gonna talk about a compound miter saw as opposed to a table saw, but mm-hmm. I I have an 80 tooth Diablo blade for a 12 inch compound miter saw, and that thing. Uh, I mean, it's smoother than hell, but it burns like crazy. <laughs> you know, it's there must be some some middle ground, some, some <laughs> balance there to find.
0: Well, I, I will say one thing. I did get their their um, the Freud eighty tooth, you know, plywood melamine blade, which is also good for for uh, cross cutting. It's mm-hmm. cross cutting this this thick stock in it. Oh, it cuts well. It's very smooth. I'm very happy with that blade. Um, it's definitely uh, a step up uh, from the combo blade, especially on plywood. hmm Yeah, and it's and I'm using it. On, obviously, on yeah. chop saw
1: it's mostly in a in a cross cut yeah. thing, and so I mean. But cutting a two by four
0: with that, I I think it's almost so glass smooth that it's it might not glue. Right. (laughs) So, Kevin, what are you using for blades? Are you using just a combo blade or are you using?
2: I have uh, the uh, Woodworker 2 combo. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just bought my second one because it's funny. You know, you go so Mm -hmm. long with something and you don't realize how it's getting progressively worse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I got the new one and I'm like geez, I just, why did I wait so long, you know, to, so I sent the other one out for sharpening and, mm-hmm. uh, using a brand new blade. It's just, it, it's just, it's just night and day. Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. So, uh, those are my two blades. I, I have, uh, you know, I have a, a laminate blade. I have, a I have, a one I do use quite a bit is the one with the flat tooth grind.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mostly yep. for, uh, Making sp- when I'm making splines and, or mitered yeah. corners, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a quarter inch flat tooth, yeah, uh,
0: grind and, uh, and I uh, use that a bunch. I don't hardly use my dado blade anymore, I just use that quarter inch. That's a fat blade, man. Yeah, that's a fat blade, it does a wow. good, great job. Yeah, but yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, woodworker did, two. It, that's that's my go to, mm hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I thought about buying one of the woodworker twos. Uh, I, I've been using the Freud fusion blade I've been perfectly happy with those results so
2: but I don't yeah, know sometimes sharpened. I wonder the woodworker too I, is it that much better to justify the price but yeah I think then, it, then it I about then a, I justify it in my head saying it's uh you it's, know it's it lasts well, for so long just suck it up <laughs> yep. Yep. yeah yeah
0: I've, I've sent mine out for sharpening I think three times um, and uh, I sharpened it last year and I think, yeah, i probably need to buy a new blade next time. I think I've reached the limit of the sharpenings. Mm. Yeah. I Yeah. May, maybe not. You know, it's one of those things, you know, how many times can you sharpen a blade? So I've sharpened this one three times. I think that's usually about it, three or four
2: times. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. What is their What is their warranty covered? Is it, will they replace the, the carbide in them if it gets low enough? Or it, do they
0: actually want to sell you another one? at a certain point i i think i've heard that forest does replace carbides if they i know they, if they chip out they will yeah yeah but i don't know if they charge if they it cro- for it or not
2: well you yeah, know in the order form for a sharpening you could request to have uh teeth replaced but it's x amount of dollars per two ah uh, okay
3: okay
0: okay okay that makes sense yeah, because I know I'm I know my uh, what's interesting is the place I send my Freud to because, you know, it's probably just like forest. Um, but, you know, they only want you to send it to certain places. But each time I get it back, it's like, you know, I can tell they take some time with it because they actually rebalance the wheel and they'll grind out a little area to make sure it gets it back in, you know, oh, running true. So I thought, nice. yeah, I thought, wow, that's. Yeah, pretty nice. But anyway, well, let's move on. (laughs) A little detour. But, yeah, any listeners that know uh, anything about uh, uh, table saw rip blades, I'd be very interested in some feedback on that. Of course, Kevin may have it right, and I just need to pony up and get those jism guides. (laughs) Might make my life easier anyway. But, uh, Kevin, so what are you working on in the shop?
2: Uh, I just got the last of the... Holiday cutting boards out. Um, I just finished ah, a. You had you had
0: yeah you had the year like I had a couple of years ago where I got nothing done till like mid January. Oh, here's yep. your Christmas present.
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, so I just for a friend of a friend, I made a. They were they were buying it, so it's all good. Oh, okay. Uh, an 18 inch diameter, three inch thick, cherry end grain cutting board. Wow. Yeah, the thing is, I don't know how this. lady's gonna lift it Mm -hmm. Uh, but but that's gonna leave the shop and then i'm gonna start a uh for my wife a a shaker lap desk um her birthday is in was in october so Mm -hmm. i'm just a couple of months behind but uh that's uh you know it's a neat little project she works out of the home a lot um Mm -hmm. based on a christian becksport article from fine woodworking and then after that um I want to start a couple of uh, – I like to do a couple of big projects a year. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I think the next uh, project I do, I, I really want to try my hands at a federal table. Wow. Uh, yeah, because okay. uh, it just has a lot of techniques that I'm not overly familiar with. And I am figure, screw it, let me just dive right in and, you know, give it a shot. You know, it's a small-scale right. item, and – You know, how badly could I mess up, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, no, those are those are definitely
0: cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. It it goes with nothing in my house, you know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But uh, so all the inlaying you're gonna do is is um. So, well, what type of design are you looking at as far as uh the federal stuff? Are you gonna have a bunch of you know like little fan type inlay type things or
2: what? I'd like to do the fan. In fact, um, mm-hmm. at a uh, Fine Woodworking Live, I'm taking one of those Friday all day classes. Yes. With uh, uh one of them is uh, with Bob Van Dyke, and it's mm-hmm. on doing a uh, making a shaded fan inlay. Oh, cool. So I think the timing is good, uh, to work that in, and um, I'm just just doing that and. Working with stringing and some veneering, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a small project that'll keep me occupied for for a good amount of time and just I think be really educational for me. Right, right.
0: Mm. So you think about doing like camera veneering? I, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Is that is it
1: the the shading? It, do they do that with sand shading? Like yes, hot yeah. sand? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've 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 seen examples of the technique i've never seen it done in person
2: yeah um, i've only seen it on uh on video yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i i liken it to uh you yeah, know i've worn glasses since i was six years old and my old optometrist that's how he would adjust my glasses
2: that's i remember
0: that, that. <laughs> yeah they they still do that do uh, they really oh yeah yeah where they, where they take it and rub it in in the hot
2: in, sand? yeah in too. hot sand yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. All these years later, the best they yeah. can come up with is sticking them in hot sand.
1: I mean, yeah, it's it's a safe way to to adjust uh, what plastic with metal embedded in it, which is what yeah. really
0: you know the arms are. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, but because when I'm at my place, you know, they do the pre-adjustments, and occasionally I'll go in there and need to have something to adjust it. They always have to go behind the curtain, pay no attention what goes on behind. Yeah, here. pay no attention.
1: You <laughs> Nothing going on here.
0: Well, that's that, that's cool. So, so Kevin, um, before we get too far down the road, so tell us a little bit about uh, your background.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I'm. I got into the game pretty late, um, probably about seven or eight years ago, and it just just making stuff for the house. And mm-hmm. I one day uh, I saw an article in a magazine about making uh, an arbor for the backyard. And I told my wife, I think that'd be fun to make. And she looked at me like, you don't know how to make anything.
3: <laughs> so now
2: I, I had to make it just to show her up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I borrowed some tools from work and, uh, I, I made an Arbor. It came out pretty good. Gave me a lot of, uh, encouragement. And as soon as I was done I wanted to make something else. So from there, it just a lot of reading and studying and, and, learning stuff off the computer you know youtube and findwoodworking.com they're such troves of information you know i just think how lucky we are that we have access to all this information and oh yeah uh, yeah and i just i really fell in love with the hobby uh right from the beginning and you know, these eight years later i'm still incredibly passionate about it and uh you know Mostly it's uh, making stuff uh, for the home and for friends. And um, last year I had, a 2019, I had a pretty good uh, year uh, selling things and it's given me some encouragement to um, you know, make it more official. So I think uh, 2020, uh, I wanna legitimize everything. You know, uh, I want to, uh, you know, Make it an official business and uh, with a website and, you know, you know, everything, you know, on the books and run the way a business should be run. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, it's not going to be a primary source of income, so mm-hmm. I'm not that scared about it either. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the risk right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I think 2020 is going to be it's going to be busy, but I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be fun. Excellent. You know, I, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I've been I've been doing it for about uh, eight years and uh, working out of a one car garage. Uh, oh wow! Well, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm
0: up. army could join
2: it, us to, tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm lucky the, it, the garage goes the whole length of the house. So it's it's about 30 by 15. So it's a pretty decent, it's a pretty decent sized space. And I've able to uh, efficiently cram it, you know, to the rafters with equipment. I Hmm. think now I'm officially out of space. Uh, I just added a, I just added a drum sander. So Mm -hmm. I think now my garage is tapping out saying (laughs) no more. Enough, enough. Yeah, you posted
0: uh, uh, about that drum sander a week or so ago, didn't you? Yeah, I got it.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when Jet had their 15 or 10 or 15 right. 15% off. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I got a good got a good deal on it and uh and uh, yeah, that's a tool that I didn't know how much I would like
0: once oh, I Oh yeah. It. Yeah, I use I that love for almost, this
2: thing.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they they are fantastic. Are yeah. I use mine all the time on, you know, on almost every project, you know, if I make, especially any flat work I, I make, I run it through the drum sander, um, any, even on Windsor chairs, the sea blinks, I run them through the drum sander, you know, cause most of the stuff I get, I can't get any wide pine boards here. So usually I'm using poplar and having to glue that up. Right. And so it all goes through there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I just keep 120 in mine and. There you go. Mm. <laughs> there you go. So
1: in uh, in in New York, uh, are you heating and insulating your garage space so you can work year round?
2: Yeah, my, my garage my garage is insulated, and I installed a two twenty electrical heater a few years ago. Okay, and mm-hmm. I could put that on, and in about ten minutes, I'm up to sixty degrees.
3: Yeah, there you
2: yeah. go. So it's all good. It's, it's a little yeah. warm in the summer. You know, our summers. Our our weather here is very seasonal. It's freezing in the winter and steamy in the summer. But uh, all in all, it's a pretty comfortable space. Yep,
0: Not bad. Yeah, it's been cold around here. I mean, it's been, you know, in the mid-50s in my shop in the morning. Oh, you poor thing. I know. I I found that if I run my uh, dust collector for about uh, 15 minutes straight, it warms the place right up.
1: Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I, I almost guarantee it's in the mid-50s in my basement where I am right now, and I'm in shorts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, It's
1: because it's, it's 20 outside.
0: Yeah, so. your definition and my definition of cool. I know. Completely different.
2: Well, it's 70 degrees in my house, and my wife has a sweater and a blanket on.
0: <laughs> well,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> that's about right. So. We're all a bit different. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit. So so you're going to be starting the woodworking business. So um, what what types of commission work you think you are going to be doing just all kinds of stuff
2: you mentioned? I've done quite a bit of work for yeah. friends. A lot of it's also been friends of friends. Word of mouth right. is a beautiful thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so and it's a lot of stuff usually custom for uh an unusual situation or, or something has to fit in a particular space. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's been a lot of work like that. As far as, um, you know, I'd like to have some sort of uh, product line that, cause I'm, I'm envisioning, you know, doing a few uh, fairs and, and, uh, right. and art fairs a, a year. And uh, that would be mostly, you know, kitchen items. Mm -hmm. Those seem to sell pretty well there, but I'd also like to have, you know, my quote unquote book there so people could have an idea of the of the furniture I can make. Mm -hmm. I've been I've been scoping out the art fair scene and I do see uh, woodworkers there who are selling, you know, commissioned furniture and. I'm. I'm really curious to know how well they do because I just don't imagine people going to these places and then on a whim deciding, you know, I need to commission a $2,000 coffee table or or whatnot. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. I I just find it interesting. Um, Usually the people I see that are are the busiest are people selling um, relatively low cost items that, uh, you know, like. 40 and $50 price point items, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know? So, uh, so I'm just trying to get my, uh, my product line together, um, trying to build up an inventory, which is, which is the big expense really. Oh yeah. You know, uh, I was at the lumber yard two days ago and, you know, you, you turn around and boom, you just spent, you know, $400, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so, you know, trying to build up an inventory and cause if, it's a new business. If, if it doesn't work out, I know I'll be able to sell this stuff eventually at cost, but you know, that isn't my goal. Uh, Mm -hmm. but I, I just, you know, it's just, it's a little, uh, makes you a little wary, you know, like spending a lot of money to, to, to build up a business and you're not quite exactly, it's your first year. So you're not exactly sure where it's going to go. Uh, a lot of question marks for the year but i also think that's what kind of makes it exciting too Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah.
0: yeah if i've learned if i've learned anything in my little venture sort of similar to yours i don't need to you know it's kind of supplementary income and um basically to pay for my own hobby but when i started into it yeah it's yeah i started slow make sure i had some stuff and now i can say okay you know i know what the demand is and i can kind of build up some inventory, but yeah, I can get expensive quick. I mean, mine, I don't have that much cost in wood, but you know, for instance, my, um, my stretcher jig, um, it has a lot of cost in, uh, in hardware. and Um, there's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're going, Okay, I need to make you know eight, ten, twelve of these. We're talking you know fifteen hundred dollars in hardware that you got coming in. It's mm. just like, yeah, I hope I sell all of these because I just outlaid you know all this
2: money for the, for Listen, the hardware. That's, that's the yeah. scariest part. Yeah, I've, I've heard uh, I've heard stories about people mm. going to to art fairs and mm. some people saying you know they sold out of their in, they didn't make enough and they yeah. sold out of stuff after the first day. And the event organizers were, were pissed off at them because right. the next two days they didn't have anything to sell. They don't want empty tables. And then other people saying, you know, I was there for three days and I didn't sell a single thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just such a huge yeah range. I,
0: yeah I think that market's a little tougher. I mean at least mine I put so I put enough lead time on the stuff. But, you know when I first started doing it I was like okay I want to make sure I got the orders in before I ordered the the materials. Right and, and now I'm at a point where I can kind of forecast. Yeah I'm going to sell these many a month so I can back that out and I, you know and if and if I don't perhaps sell those that many that month I know I just keep that there. It'll, Hopefully it will eventually sell. But, right. yeah, I think when you're talking for those show markets, yeah, you're exactly right. Running out of inventory is quickly is almost as bad as not selling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, at least with the first one, you made some money.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, <laughs> that's right. So. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a bunch of people, um, you know, worth it. um um sean with the work worth the effort i know mm-hmm. he does a lot of those type shows now i think he does a lot of business
2: in turning but um you know i've watched all his videos on the topic guys yeah. yeah he's got a ton of useful information
3: yeah and, uh, yeah
0: uh, and the they- latest one was on what this this uh battery pack generator thing he had that you can it's basically you know like uh turning your lathe into a uh, cordless uh yeah. instrument with this i don't know i think this thing had like four or five lithium big lithium batteries that you shoved in it's made by dewalt and he could run his lathe off of it that oh wow very wow. interesting yeah because wow. he says you know he could take it to the show and he took it to the show he took it to a show and see you know how well it worked and it would last him all day and um, while it was more expensive than the generator, he didn't have to pay costs at the show for getting electricity out to his booth.
2: Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm sure it's a lot quieter.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing you mentioned too. Yeah, because a lot of the, the, uh, the, yeah, they don't want you running generators. And then he says you never can rely on the power because they might have, you know, five or six other booths, you know, using that same power for their fans or whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. I, I think for the, the crafts, you know, slash art show, I mean, you know, it, it's it's a mix I and mean, it's a mixed bag. Right. So you mm-hmm. you you want to not not make something so simple, but simple is easily repeatable, you know, and and, and you know, benefit to, you know, be the guy that sounds something that people can walk away with. And then somebody sees it in their hand and they go, oh, really? That kind of thing? Oh, yeah, that's that's, you know. As opposed yeah. to a commission, you know, that they'll see in a month. Right. Uh, or, or, you know, that's
0: that's two very, very different things. Yeah. But uh, now that we're looking forward, let's look back for a little, little bit. Now, mm-hmm. one of the things that I want to talk to you about is this uh, Malufa uh, rocker you built that I watched go all through Instagram. And I was just blown away not only by the results that you got, but how quickly – at least it seemed to me that you uh, built this
2: rocker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little, uh, I don't know if it's OCD, but when I start yeah. a project, I know there are some woodworkers who they get caught up in like four different projects at once. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, once I'm with one project, I have to see it through to completion before I could think about another one. Right. And uh, I just got so absorbed in this project. You know, everyone, you know, a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people were saying, you know, it took them six months or nine months, or you know, I know one guy, he gave up on it after a while. Yeah. Uh, but yep. I it I just got so, so drawn into yep. it and I just found the whole process yep. so uh, enjoyable. I just I powered through it and cool. you know, it still took a long time. It still took uh, still took a couple of months, but mm-hmm. uh you know, it I was it came out i was very happy with the way it came out it was my first chair and i had been thinking about making it for a couple of years and i finally decided you know all right you've you've done enough casework let, let's let's give this a shot mm-hmm. and uh, you know i like i had the uh i had mark's videos right
0: uh, i was about to say you this was based off uh mark's uh yeah mark's Guild videos project. which yeah. is
2: which uses a uh, Charles Brock's plans. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, I, I bought them on sale like two years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I had the, uh, I had the wood from, um, uh, bell forest. Mm-hmm. I, right. I bought that like eight months prior. You well, know, I know someone that bought that on sale.
0: Yeah. I know someone that bought that wood like 10 years ago <laughs> and mm-hmm. still has the wood up in his attic, but oh, anyway. yeah,
2: who would yeah. that be? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, I, yeah, I finally said, L- "Let's just do it already." And it's it. Watching the first video, I'm like, "I'm never gonna do this. I'm never gonna be able to do this." And as I went, I'm like, "You know, you got this. You got this." And it, it's it's such a cha- chair making. I I knew it was a change of pace from, you know, mm-hmm. the woodworking I was used to. I just wasn't aware. I wasn't prepared for how much of a change it is, you know, when, when nothing is 90 degrees, you know, you're, you're, you're carving stuff with a scary looking power tool you're holding in your hand. And, um, it's, it it was intimidating, but I quickly got into the groove and I, I really fell in love with the process of chair making. Yeah. You could kind of see Kyle, how, uh, uh, how what's your thing now Yeah, yeah mm.
0: you, Once you do Once you make something That you can actually sit in And relax in You're actually interacting With what you made It's like Yeah Yeah, I'm not doing flat work anymore <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I still yeah. do flat work from time to time. But it's yeah. but but, yeah, there's something special with chairs because you actually you you have a product that you're actually going to use and sit in and, you know, not saying you yeah. don't use, you know, bookcases and and um, credenzas or whatever else you make. Um, you do use them, but they tend to tend to be static where a chair
2: is more active, I think. Yeah. Like I see yeah. my yeah. I see my daughter. You know, reading, you know, doing reading, uh, you know, and doing her homework while while sitting in it, and right, you know, it, it, you know, it's funny. I've, I've made her a desk too, but it's basically just loaded down with toys. You know, yeah. she mm-hmm. she she sits at the dining room table to do her homework, uh, uh, but seeing her, you know, sitting in it, and and even just seeing it every day, and not to sound, you know, corny or anything, but I. I it's been a while, and I, I see it. and I'm like, man, I can't believe I made that stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Well, well I, I forecast uh, more chair making classes in your future.
2: <laughs> well, we have uh, uh, me and my buddy Matt. We have our uh, my 50th birthday already planned out. Okay, be taking a, a class over at Peter Galbert's. Oh, oh nice. fantastic! Yeah. yeah, so that'll be in 2021
0: okay well yeah. well well fantastic yeah Pete's great Pete's you know, I mean he's awesome yeah he's the one that got me into all this stuff so
2: yeah uh, he couldn't be a nicer guy
0: either oh no he's he's fantastic he's a great yeah. guy
2: I was and, I, I saw him last I saw him last year at, at the show yeah and uh, I asked him to sign my book because I'm a little fanboy yeah and mm-hmm. he's next thing I know he's talking to me for 15 minutes mm-hmm this uh, I think that's the great thing about our hobby is that the people we, you know, we look up to there's, they're, they're all just so approachable.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is great. Yeah. And, and, and Pete's like that. He's, he, he's, he's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, last time we Cream live, I just kind of stalked him. I was like, Oh, <laughs> he's going to build the stool. Well, guess what? I'm going to stay here and build the stool uh, with him. And, you know, I, I think I only missed like a couple of sessions out of the whole weekend thing that he built that out, uh, built the stool in, but yeah, that was fantastic. And you know, that's, I took my first class with him and it was kind of like, Oh, this is a Mindy refresher course. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, that's great. That's great. Uh, so, um, where are y'all going to take the class up in his, uh, his place, or I know he teaches out of his place mainly, but he also does. Yeah. We'd stuff. be doing
2: it. We'd, we'd be making a sort of like a vacation out of it and taking okay. it at his place
0: cool cool well that's great now another thing um that that uh came up was uh your instagram growth so i noticed you posted a i don't know a month ago or so about getting to uh 10k subscribers
2: yeah that was a little tongue-in-cheek that post Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh yeah i mean last year was uh, a pretty good growth Mm -hmm. year for that i went from like I think 2000 to I ended up at, you know, just North of 10,000. And right. I,
3: okay. I, and I know exactly many,
0: how many w- were people. those were uh, Instagram model influencers.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but, uh,
2: it, it all, all the growth, it stemmed from one video I made. Oh, really? Mm. It, yeah, it was, a I made a, I made a, um, a chest of drawers for my son where the top drawer is a pull-out desk. Oh yeah. Yeah, they call it a butler's desk. Mm-hmm. And uh I incorporated some hidden drawers into it because my son's mm-hmm. eight and what kid doesn't love secret drawers. So I made a short little video of me showing the secret drawers and um it just got you know thousands and thousands of views and you know, everyone's, you know, all those, um, all the bots that repost stuff, right. It just kept getting reposted, but it did draw some, uh, you know, more people my way and yeah. And every day I was getting like, um, you know, several hundred new followers when usually I get like one. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, this is interesting. So, I went viral. <laughs> Basically. So, uh, yeah, it, it, all stemmed from that. And uh-huh. I also made a, a conscious effort to, You know post a little more uh, regularly and just it seems videos do a lot more than uh, you know standard photo posts Mm -hmm. and and it's funny now after that I've slowed down considerably because I kind of realized I was letting Instagram control what I was producing Right. You know, I I, yeah. mm-hmm. I I was building stuff thinking, oh, how could I put this? How could I showcase this best on Instagram? Then I'm like, what's the real reason I'm here in my shop? <laughs> you know, it's not for that. Right. So I, I kind of uh, slowed down a lot with that. And, you know, cause it, it, it just got to the point it's like getting my priorities straight. You know, right instagram it's it's a lot of fun it's incredibly inspirational i, I save stuff every day that i see on it yeah but, uh, i do too uh, yeah you know and I, someday I, wanna,
0: I need to organize all that stuff
2: yeah oh yeah <laughs> but uh you
0: no
2: know, the, the main thing is i want to make uh you know i do want to share my stuff but the main thing is i i do want to make stuff and not just see you know how could i make like a gimmicky post, just that I know will get a lot of attention.
3: Mhm.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't
0: know. With the woodworking business coming up, you may need to do some more gimmicky posts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: At least that. You know, that's one thing I've looked at. I've never counted subscribers. I don't even know how many I have now, and uh, and probably won't look either. But yeah, it's probably something I should get more concerned about since I actually do have a since I do have a a jig business, so to speak, but mine's, it's such a narrow little niche market that I don't know. Hopefully people will find me. (laughs) (laughs) If they're into Windsor chairs, I guess they'll eventually see something. So far so good though, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So far so good. I mean, I couldn't ask for more. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's right at the level I want it to be. I'm not too busy making them. You know, I think probably the last six, nine months and probably for the next three months, um, cause I do have some new ideas coming out, but I think, you know, I'll have this pretty well established pretty much run of the mill and I can get back to actually making some chairs. I think, I think it was, uh, I forgot. I think it was with you, Sean. I was discussing. Yeah. It's been like, it's getting close to a year since I've made a chair now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's, I mean, that's the
1: funny thing about starting yeah. a business is that yeah, you get in the yeah. way of your craft.
0: Yeah, exactly. But uh, but I think it's starting to starting to calm down a little bit where I can, you know, I I can now forecast demand. I think, oh, of course, I just introduced this boring jig, so we'll have to see how it goes. So that's why I say probably in about three months I'll be able to forecast and be able to do a batch
2: and have some inventory and you know that kind of thing. So. But. And you have your. And I'm sure you're, you're nailing down your procedures with each and every batch to get them out that much faster. Oh,
0: oh yeah, exactly. And what's really strange, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not, is I come from a, uh, background. I was, uh, in supply chain and I had a number of unenviable tasks. And one of them was writing procedures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, since I've did it for so many years, I've actually written procedures around
3: everything I'm doing,
0: which is actually pretty good, you know, because at least I can do, do, I got it down in writing. And then um, if I'm in the shop and I say, hey, this is a better way to do this. And I do that, I can make that modification and and, and keep on going. But I was like, wow, I might actually learn something in the business world.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amazing so. how
0: practical those things are. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm always finding new ways to do do things a little bit quicker, a little bit easier. So tell us a little bit. Uh, I, I think you want to mention some stuff about some classes that you took in 2019.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I try to take a few classes every year and mm-hmm. I took uh, I took just a couple last year. And uh, I don't know what your experience has ever been. But, you know, this was the first year I took some classes, which. No kind of let me down. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um I'm not going to I'm going to be deliberately vague. <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna mm-hmm. out anyone. Right. Cuz it could just be they had a bad class. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I went to one class where um you know the the description uh said one thing like you would be making uh two of a certain item and then we get there and the first thing he says uh, we're only going to make one because of uh, mm. time constraints. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a point, but then it was a weekend class and we were done by 1030 Sunday morning when you're supposed to go till four and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you're done, you're done. But you know, you're, you're paying a certain amount of money, you know, right. you, you you expect some stuff plus, you know, just disorganized and not really prepared and then you contrast it with other classes you've taken. Like I've taken a, um, I've taken a, uh, a Kumiko class with, uh, Mike Pekovic
3: mm-hmm.
2: where, you know, that also was a weekend class. And in the one weekend, you know, everyone made, uh, a walnut box and, uh, was able to make an entire learn Kumiko, right. make an entire Kumiko panel to inset in the box and finish it. And, uh, Plus, in, on top of that, he's, he's handing out – he has handouts for the class, and you know he's, he's uh, just incredibly generous with his time. And the thing I remember most of his class is when I left, I thanked him for the class, and uh, I told him I was excited to incorporate Kumiko into a TV stand I was making. And he said, oh, you're going you're to make something? He then reached over and handed me a, sta- a stack – of Kumiko stock. Hmm. Here you go. Here's here's something to get you started. And if, if so my recommendation is if you're ever going to take a class, try to see if you could find out from anyone, you know, about the instructor. And uh, on top of that, if you could take a class with uh, Mike Pekovic, do that also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I've been I've been relatively um, blessed in that in that aspect is the only classes I've taken are chair classes. (laughs) And I usually knew the instructors before I took them or knew of their reputation. So, um, but uh, yeah, you, you're exactly right. Is find out as much as you can about the instructor and see if they got any, uh, you know, reviews out online or, or things of that
2: nature so that you can really take a look at it. But yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that. Yeah. I say check with the instructor, especially if you're going to take a a seven day chair class. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And to roll it back a little bit, that's something my wife actually told me after Christmas that she was thinking about getting me for Christmas was a class somewhere. And my area isn't as easily accessible to a lot of things. But, uh, you know, she was like, well, you know, there's this one and there's this and like not knowing what you're getting into. It's hard to it's hard to Mm -hmm. pick, you know, something like that. And I said, yeah, you know, I'd like to go, you know, this, but oh, that's in Virginia. You know, that's not <laughs> that's not right. within an hour of home. That's that's that's, you know, a fair distance away. Um, and, and also she's like, yeah, and, and like, you know, she looked at a few and like, I don't know if you'd like to make that or if it would fit in the house, even if you did make it. Like, right. yeah, I mean, all
0: these things are concerns. Well, well, that's one thing um, I kind of want to talk about is I think we're well. I don't know about you, Sean, but I, I heard a rumor that you might go to Fine Woodworking Live 2020. Uh, it's a possibility. Yeah, but but I'm, I'm, I am I'm know Kevin's going to go, and I'm going to go. And so one of the things I'm, I want to talk about is what we're excited about, but probably one of the things I'm most excited about is after Fine Woodworking Live 2020, and I'm going to be taking a uh, class with uh, David DuYard on uh, one of the Boggs uh, chairs. So mm, Yeah yeah that's uh, and i'm looking forward to that but but um you know he is
2: one of the nicest guys out there
0: in the community oh yeah yeah he is he is great yeah i did not he reached out you know we followed each other and kind of had some banner but he kind of reached out to me before the last fine woodworking live and uh yeah he's become he's become a uh uh, 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 a dear friend in, uh, the, the woodworking community for me, but, uh, yeah, he is absolutely fantastic. Great guy to talk to. And, you know, uh, he's helped me immensely on my jigs, given each one of them a test drive. So, <laughs> so, uh, and give me a lot of great feedback, but yeah, so I'm really excited about that. But, um, Kevin, what are you excited about over the o- overall program? Uh, I know I'm, you're, you're doing the class with,
2: I'm uh, going to do the full day class for me. Yeah. That's a no brainer. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a whole, I get a full extra day of, of, of instruction. Yeah. You know? So we, we, we get up early Friday morning and drive out. And so I'll be doing the full day. Yeah.
0: Um, well I'm actually getting in there Thursday, so you'll find me at the bar after you're done. <laughs>
2: <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so that's right. I'll, I'll do the shaded fan class on Friday um -hmm. and then just catching up with everyone is is a blast you know yeah um i've met so many good friends through there and i'm excited that uh phil morley's going to be there this year
0: yeah i'm really excited about uh about uh getting into his lecture yeah yeah he's a great guy i've met him what a couple of times now i've never met him but
2: he's just he seems like a really cool guy but his his just his eye Mm -hmm. the designs he makes they're they're just so fantastic and so original and the things he comes up with uh you know to to bring his visions to life they're they're really impressive so i'm looking forward to his class um definitely uh garrett hax class i took one of his classes last year and it was it was like watching a college professor he was as far as a, a lecturer goes, he's just so on point and so good at conveying the information in a way to make it easy to understand. So for me, that's a no bra no brainer. And I think uh, I think Roy Underhill's class uh, is uh, he's the keynote speaker this year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though I'm not, you know, um, I'm probably like 50, 50 power and hand tools, but he just. You know he's a character. I think it's going to be uh, the most yep. uh, entertaining keynote yet.
0: Did you yeah, ever go to that. any of the popular woodworking's um, uh, woodworking in America? No, I never went. Okay, yeah, he was there every year, and he just mm-hmm. put on a show every year.
1: Yeah, if if and so, say it like this: if yeah. you, if you've never seen Roy Underhill speak in person. You need to see him speak in person. Yeah. If you've seen Royal Heroes speak in person, you know you need to go back and see him speak in person again. It's yes. it is entertaining. Uh, hand versus power tools, I don't think really matters. I mean you go on go on YouTube, find his TEDx talk on on what what is it called? Like uh, you know, bring a uh, bring a broad axe to an interview or something like that and and his delivery obviously I mean, he's had a tv show for three decades like it he he can he can demand a crowd and he is a wealth of knowledge uh
2: very 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 cool i remember when i was a little kid seeing him on pbs mm-hmm. and just thinking who is this lunatic <laughs> you know do you know with the the old timey clothes and yep. uh, and uh you know I, I you know I had no appreciation for it back then yeah. but now you know I just think that the guy's a blast
1: well the coolest yeah. thing now is like and you know after meeting him and meeting others um you looking back and seeing people that i've I've physically had talks with that were on that show yeah. like before or after but it, it's yeah and yeah i mean growing up no i had no interest in what he was doing it was just kind of a thing that was on you know after motor week on the weekend um but it it was uh yeah i still remember the the theme song and 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 the dog that he scratches the head of on the way into the shop like
0: (laughs) you know those things stick with you exactly and his daughter with the uh what was it? The John Lennon sunglasses on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's his daughter. I'm pretty sure. I, I think so. But now, yeah. now she's yeah. Underhill Rose. and making. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a great. But no, I think Fun wood, Woodworking Live is going to be great. Roy going to be great. I'm looking forward to, um, of course, uh, uh, Chris's. Uh, uh, talk on uh, chris schwartz's talk on about uh bench uh about benches so that's always good um like roy if you've never seen chris you got to go see chris you need to yeah, yeah. he was great yeah. last year he's yeah. awesome he, he's also and also uh christian bexford um he's has a little thing on woodworking tips and tricks and i just uh finished his book not too long ago that he uh, published with lots, Lost Art Press, and it's, it was fantastic. So
2: I really enjoyed that book.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, to that. The one thing, when I'm on their um, Fun Woodworking's live website, and I hope this is just an oversight, but if you go to the presenters, they do have Pete Galbert listed about doing something about the spokeshave, a little lecture on... Um, uh, spokeshade the unsung hero of the workshop. And when hmm. I go to the program, I don't see that listed. I Uh-oh. see everybody else listed there. So,
3: hmm. mm. I
0: don't know. Hopefully, just an oversight. Uh, hopefully, it's just an oversight. I'll have to ask Pete next time I talk to him. Yeah, him or anybody yeah. else in in the uh, in the group there. Yeah. So, know if, a thing.
2: Once ben. I learned how to. Once I learned how to sharpen a spoke shave, it became one of my favorite tools. Before then, I couldn't have hated it more.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. The spoke shave is, is fantastic. I think I'm up to eight. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If you get into chair making, well, you know, um, you know you'll quickly uh, have a collection of your own spoke shaves. But yeah, they are fantastic. So I'm holding tight at one. Uh, and, and that's so far, that's good for me.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I don't make chairs. Uh, that's true. That's hate. true. What, what do you uh, got?
0: Just the Veritas flat or the Lee Nielsen, uh, flat? Lee, Lee, Lee Nielsen flat. Yep. Yeah. That's a great spoke shave. Both yep. of them are, both of them are excellent. Yeah. yeah you start Lee- getting into the chairs. You want, I want a curve one. Then you say, oh, I want a low angle spoke shave and, and you got to have a low angle flat, low angle curve and it's, Yeah. You, mm-hmm. it gets out of control fast mm-hmm. and then you see weird spoke shaves like I have this one that's almost completely round well it is completely round um, Stanley I forgot the name of it but uh, uh, I don't know it's practically useless um, <laughs> but it sure looks neat and it's you know sometimes you're a little bit of a tool collector too <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: if yes. it looks neat isn't that what
0: really matters Yeah. Well, what's interesting about it is it has a standard spoke shave, but you can unscrew one handle and put that handle in the back of the spoke shave. So the two handles kind of form a T and it's kind of unusual looking. Uh, And like I said, it's pretty much completely round and someone's going to uh, say well this is why you think it's used. Elizabeth. it's actually used for this this And this so you know who knows but I saw it uh, at a uh, antique Store and had to pick it up It's in, it's in really good condition though so
3: hmm.
0: But anyway But with that um, Why don't we uh, Anything else we need to know that's
2: Upcoming with uh, Kevin uh, Almeida You know I think I think I got it all out Okay oh, well, well done
0: Well, let's move on to our fortnightly beer choices. Sure thing. So um, I guess I'll start off. I actually have something from your neck of the woods, I believe, Kevin. I think so. Yes. A brewery company called The Other Half. And uh, the uh, uh, beer I'm recommending is called the Denim Daredevil. It's an IPA. It's kind of a cloudy, citrusy IPA, and it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I was gifted that by friend of the show, uh, Patrick Brenham. Uh, tecton guild on instagram and uh it is absolutely fantastic in fact he gifted me a number of different varieties of other half and uh so i think through the coming weeks you'll catch a theme oh (laughs) that's excellent but unfortunately i mean my wife absolutely loved this one and um and uh, unfortunately we can't get it here but I think they have a uh, – I think they have a uh, – in Brooklyn and in Rochester, New York, they have um, locations. I don't know. Are you familiar with the other half brewery company, Kevin? I'm not. Well, there you go. There yeah.
1: you go. I am gonna. I'm to be look part of the for other it. half. Yeah, the, <laughs> other, the other other half. The other half. I, uh, I'll i have to look because I, I don't know that I've seen that locally. But yeah, I'm, I'm not in New York, so. Yeah, I'll <laughs> have to ask some about it. Mhm. Yeah, he probably knows. Yeah, I'm sure he does. So I I picked up some uh, Urban Artifact, which is a little crafty uh, guys. They do a lot of fruit and sours and and other stuff. And so tonight I've got their gramophone. Uh, they have always interesting names, but this is a nectarine fruit tart. Uh, it's um at the Midwest fruit tart specifically, as I'm looking at the can. Um, yeah, you know, just one of those lighty. It's a it's a technically a fruit beer Mm -hmm. uh which which has some sweetness to it but uh easy
0: to drink uh, and i like them cool cool. check them out so kevin do you have anything to recommend uh
2: i just i keep my beer kind of simple get mine at the supermarket um i just finished up the sam adams uh winter variety pack Oh, which, cool. uh, I like Sam Adams. Yeah, Yeah, they had a, so you had a, a porter, a, a chocolate bock, a couple of different mm-hmm. lagers, and the best part, no IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> not, a
3: fan. Not, a fan.
0: not an IPA fan. I'm not an IPA, an IPA guy. Uh, I, I understand. I understand. My wife's not an IPA person, but like I said, she did like this Denim Daredevil quite a bit. I think because it had a lot of citrus in it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, my, uh, my wife loves IPAs. Uh yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan.
1: I can handle them, but I um I, we did we did find what probably is very common knowledge that you don't want to pair an IPA with hot wings. Uh it's
0: just not a good mix. <laughs> That's a good mix. <laughs> <gasps> oh, well with that, where can they find us? So Kevin, where can they find you on the interwebs?
2: Uh on Instagram, the the only uh, social media platform that matters, of course. Uh, Kevin 0611.
0: Okay,
1: and Sean, what about you? I'm on that same social media. Sean W seventy eight. I have to ask Kevin, is that your birthday? Is that your number? Yes, it matches my son's birthday. That's pretty cool. Uh, many many years different, but my youngest son is is a June eleventh birthday.
2: I bet he's a wonderful kid.
0: He is. He really is. (laughs) Kyle, where can they find you? Uh, You can find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram. And Kevin already said it, so
3: that's all (laughs) we need.
0: (laughs) But with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the uh, podcatcher of your choice. And uh, just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review.
1: Thanks for listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association. If you like the show, be sure to visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MWA underscore national or on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. Or you can like us on Facebook. The best thing you can do, though, is tell a friend. Word of mouth, as we spoke about today, goes a long way uh, in sharing our discussion and, and just keeping us all together.